Hey, all you true sons and daughters, I'm John Miller, your Mizzou mafioso and the central scrutinizer of Missouri Tigers football and basketball, streaming live here on YouTube following Missouri's 37-28 victory over the Vanderbilt Commodores, and frankly, it was quite a bit closer than that, was it not? Missouri needed every bit of that Hail Mary at the end of the first half. But you know what? we got to start here, I think, with the quarterback position because obviously if you're watching that football game, you know Connor Basilak left the game late with some type of lower leg injury, it looked like. Honestly, when he first went down, I assumed it was a shoulder injury of some type because it looked like his elbow, I believe it was his left elbow, was driven hard into the turf. Often you see that happen, a guy's shoulder gets jammed either out of socket or torn, you know, some some kind of stinger. Any type of shoulder injury there is is always a concern on that particular play. But regardless, Tyler Macon comes in late, obviously takes the direct snap, setting up that late Harrison Mevis field goal. But you know what? I just assumed at that moment that Macon was probably just put in to run that specific play. I really thought that Brady Cook was going to take over on that next drive if Basilak couldn't go. But, of course, it turned out Macon finished the game and actually finished with a two-yard touchdown run to put the game out of reach. So that was fun to see. Obviously, Eli Drinkwitz didn't ask Macon to do a whole lot, but if you've listened to this show for a long time, you all know I'm a really, really big fan of Macon. I'm very bullish on his talents from high school moving forward into the college ranks. So quite honestly, after what we've seen from Basilak the last few weeks, after what we saw from him today, which to me was an up and down performance, I thought he had his good moments, that fourth and two pass, obviously Tatowski Dove, who who did a good job getting open on the sidelines. Well done there. Basilak certainly had his moments today. But, man, just a back-breaking, potentially, interception early in that football game. Missouri up 10 to nothing. They had just blocked a punt, had all the momentum in the world. I mean, Vanderbilt, obviously a bad team that had come off another beatdown the previous week where I believe they had nine yards rushing against Mississippi State, that inclu- including sacks, of course. Well, the point is... I've never seen a team that early in the football game look any more ready to roll over. So if you're Basilak, the last thing you can do there is throw that ball directly to a defender. I mean, there was nothing open, and at times Basilak the last few weeks has just looked unsteady in the pocket. Now, whether that's for just a lack of general pocket presence, whether that's because of injury that's been undisclosed. I'm not sure, but you never want a quarterback who has happy feet. And right now, Connor Basilak has a little bit of the happy feet. And I think we saw it on that interception, and that was an absolutely terrible play that got Vanderbilt back in the football game. And even still, even beyond that, you're seeing situations where Eli Drinkwitz is telling you that he doesn't fully trust Basilak to make the plays on third and longs, for instance, just by his play calling. There's a reason Tyler Beatty is getting 
a majority of the touches in the offense at this point, not only because he's an absolutely dynamic and tremendous player, but also because we don't trust a lot of our other playmakers, and we seemingly don't trust Connor Bazelak to necessarily get the ball downfield without having a ton and ton of time created by his offensive line. Now, speaking of Tyler Beatty, by the way, what more can you say about that cat at this point? I mean, my goodness, 254 yards on the ground, added another 40 through the passing game, eight receptions. I mean, the guy is just unbelievable. Remember when we were questioning the whole the whole question leading up to camp is, well, can Tyler Beatty handle the load? My goodness, not only can he handle the load, he can do a lot with it too. I mean, can you imagine if this guy was a part of one of the great offenses in college football, say he was on Alabama, say he was on Oklahoma, something like that. This guy would be an absolute Heisman Trophy front runner. He's really that good. So let's just take a moment once again to appreciate the greatness of Tyler Beatty. But again, back to that quarterback position. If it's me, if I'm Eli Drinkwitz, I'm starting Tyler Macon next week. Let's see what that kid has, because in a season that, for all intents and purposes, is a lost season at this point. Sure, technically, Missouri can still make a bowl game. Sure, they can technically still go 6-6 six and six and make the Blue Bonnet Bowl. That would be fantastic. I'd love to make the, any, any lower-tier bowl game at this point. But the reality is, that's not as important to me as using this valuable time for the rest of the season to see what you have in Macon. Because let's keep in mind, he can still play four games and keep a red shirt. So he played today, obviously. There's one. Start him next week. There's two. You can still start him two more games after that, potentially. Still preserve his red shirt and keep your options open at quarterback while you still have Brady Cook on the roster. You still have Sam Horn from Georgia coming in here next season. Really, I, suddenly you're looking a lot better at quarterback if, if Macon shows what I think he can show a, a week from now. I really think the time is now to see what you have, in, and not only Tyler Macon, but lots of the young guys. Again, four games you can play these guys without even burning their red shirt. So let's see Travion Ford on the defensive line. Let's see Ryan Horstkamp a little bit at tight end. Just anything like that, I'm all for it. Again, making the Blue Bonnet Bowl or whatever the 10th, 11th best team in the SEC gets at this point, not the number one most important thing to me at this point. But I'll tell you, despite the victory, obviously not a convincing victory at all by Missouri. They needed a a Hail Mary at the end of the first half in large part to secure this victory. So there are some bigger picture concerns still for this team. A couple big ones to me in particular, and I want to tell you about those. But first, we're going to just take one quick break here on this podcast, and I do want to tell you about prize picks. For all you college football fanatics out there who like to play daily fantasy well, you need to hear about Prize Picks because it's daily fantasy made easy, offering more college football props than anybody on the web. All the Power Five guys, plus lots of mid major players as well. Everything from touchdowns, yardage, turnovers, interceptions. 
they've got it all at prize picks. So whatever you think your edge is, you're almost certain to be able to find a proposition that you can take advantage of. So go to prize picks today, use the promo code locked on and you'll receive a 100% instant deposit match up to $100. Once again, an instant 100% deposit match up to $100 when you use the promo code locked on at prize picks daily fantasy made easy. And by our friends at Made In. Have you ever wondered how does your favorite restaurant in town consistently make such incredible food? Well, the short and simple answer is they have the right kitchen tools. Makes sense, right? Well, with Made In's professional quality cookware and kitchenware, anyone is capable of making restaurant quality food at home. If you're serious about cooking, you should honestly invest in the best kitchen tools you possibly can. And Made In's cookware and kitchenware products are used by thousands of the world's best she- best chefs, excuse me. So right now Made In is is offering my listeners 15% off your first order with the promo code locked on. Again, this is the best discount available anywhere online for made in products. So use that promo code locked on for 15% off at made in. So again, about that big picture, you know, I thought Joe wall Jasper, formerly former sports editor over at the Columbia daily tribune. In fact, he was my boss for a, a hot moment back in 2006, but Joe, a really, really good columnist, in my opinion, great sense of humor, strong writer, but I thought he made a good point about Eli Drinkwitz in his most recent column over at powermazoo.com. And that's with all of Eli's swagger and seeming aggression on the recruiting trail and certainly at SEC media days, well, that hasn't necessarily translated to the football field. Once again today, I thought Eli was fairly non-aggressive at the end of first at the first half using his timeouts. Now, obviously it ends up working out. Missouri throws a Hail Mary, things work out. But just in general, I want to see Eli going for it more on fourth down and just playing more balls out, especially as an underdog, especially as an underdog on the road in Gainesville last year, for instance, when Missouri, you know, I liked, yeah, we turned the ball over at the end of the first half, but at least they were trying. That's my whole thing. And to me, Drinkwitz has once again, sort of taken the wrong lesson there from Gainesville last year that, oh, we turned it over one time. So let's never be aggressive again. So just in general, I want to see Eli take his aggression off the field, on the field a little bit more. But really even more concerning to me, I thought beginning of this season, this looked like a veteran group that had a lot of discipline. But as the last few weeks have gone on here from Missouri, you're just seeing a bevy of penalties, procedure errors, holding penalties. I couldn't believe the amount of times that Daniel Parker Jr., was thrown for a flag heading down the stretch today. By the way, Trey John Jeffcoat, really fortunate, I thought, on a, on a third and 10, 15 
type throwaway by Mike Wright. He just unnecessarily shoves him to the ground late and is kind of woofing it up and getting into action with some of the Commodores after the play. He was incredibly fortunate to not just gift Vanderbilt a first down there. And, you know, that type of thing, not a great sign of a team that is completely disciplined and rowing in the same direction. That was one thing, even when Missouri was 2-2, two and two, I felt pretty good about that aspect of the Tiger football team. But right now, that's a little bit concerning to me, just the general lack of discipline, of, of avoiding penalties, and all that good stuff. But you know what? I'm realizing on this, this bonus episode here, I'm already getting toward the end of my time here. So just quickly, you got to mention Harrison Mevis once again. He's almost like Tyler Beatty at this point. He's been so good, what do you even say? But but I will say this, even though I want Drinkwitz to be aggressive generally, even though I'm of the mind to be aggressive, generally speaking, on fourth downs, well, to me, when it's fourth down and five, you've got a 46-yard field goal with a guy like Harrison Mevis. It's early in the football game. You're not overly confident in your own offense picking up a fourth and five. Well, to me, Mevis, because he's so automatic, he changes that calculus a little bit. Now, most your average kicker kicking from 46 yards there, I'm probably going to go for it. I'm probably going to trust my quarterback to get fourth and five over a hashtag college kicker. But clearly, Harrison Mevis is no ordinary college kicker, no doubt about that. As we saw once again, he hits the clinching field goal from 50-plus yards. Tip of the cap to you, Harrison Mevis. And you know what? Thank you all for joining me once again on this somewhat disappointing Missouri football season, but hopefully you're having a good time with me here on Locked on Mizzou because I'm definitely having a good time producing it. So until next time, and that will be Monday, I will see all of you once again right here on Locked on Mizzou.